Hey, Joe. Yes, Tori. You know who Cthulhu is? Uh, he's a great old one. Created by H.P. Lovecraft? Yeah. Then you know there's a Call of Cthulhu role-playing game? I, I am aware of that. We've played it together. Have we? Yeah, you made my guy go crazy and get bacteriophobia. But did you also know about Delta Green? I know a little bit about it, but you should tell me some more. Well, Delta Green revolves around a fictitious secret organization created by the U.S. government following the covert raid on the town of Innsmouth, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. From H.P. Lovecraft's The Shadow Over Innsmouth. Spearheaded by elements of the United States government, its members are dedicated to combat. This is like the A-Team, Q-A-Team music. Its members are dedicated to combating the mind-rending horrors of the Cthulhu mythos. The organization works undercover by contacting and gathering members across the wide range of U.S. government agencies like the FBI, ATF, CDC, and DEA. If you've got a great old one, if you can find them, perhaps you can hire Delta Delta Green. Green. There's a new book out. Delta Green Denied to the Enemy. How do you get this book, Torn? You can get it on uh, Amazon for Kindle, at Barnes & Noble for the Nook. That's where I eat my breakfast. Yeah, That's the, the Barnes & Noble e-reader. Right. And at iBookstore for the iPad and iPhone. But if you order the EPUB version at arcdream.com, that's A-R-C-D-R-E-A-M, and use the coupon code CAUSTIC, you get 20% off. 20%. Fantastic. So digital-only book. This particular novel, Delta Green, Denied to the Enemy, is set entirely in World War II, just after the official creation of Delta Green. It follows a Nazi researcher and occultist who has a change of heart the closer he gets to fulfilling his supernatural mission. This is a book, uh, would it be considered in the Lovecraftian vein? It absolutely would. Lovecraft, modern uh, warfare. I love it when an unspeakable amorphous blob comes together. There's people exploding, limbs being blown apart, human sacrifice, fighting, shooting, ESP, dogs and cats living together, strong men losing their minds, horrible immortal monsters that will destroy humanity. So they're going to give you a copy so you can run us through it? It's not a role-playing supplement. It's not a role-playing supplement. supplement. This is an actual novel. Oh, this is a Accessible to all. Oh. Not just the role-playing nerd. Yeah, I'm getting this book for sure. You fucking better. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, uh, thanks, Arc Dream, for coming on board and being the sponsor, the new, latest and greatest sponsor of Caustic Soda. And now, on with our show. Oh, Eaterbot, if you don't finish your biomass, you're not going to get dessert. I'm Kevin Leeson. I'm on a date with an uncanny valley girl. I don't know. There's something weird about her. I'm Joe Fulgham. Slovenian pain bots. It's all in the name of science. I'm Torn Atkinson. It's Caustic Soda. Bam! Robots. Bumblebee. The acclaimed Czech playwright Carol Chapek made the first use of the word robot from the Czech word for forced labor or surf. What's the Czech word? Robot. Roboti. There you go. Wow. Or robota, actually. And uh, his brother, Joseph, suggested the word roboti. Yosef? Yosef. Introduced into his play R.U.R., Rossum's Universal Robots, which opened in Prague in 1921. Oh, all right. Okay. The phobia for any inanimate object that represents a sentient being, Automata? including statues, dummies, and robots. Automatophobia? Automatonophobia. Automatonophobia. I practically got one. (laughs) (laughs) Practically. What is a robot, though? But what is a robot for real? It's a machine. 
No. <laughs> it's not just a machine. So your car is a robot? Yeah. It would be a robot if it drove itself. Aha. So now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> a robot is a virtual or mechanical artificial agent. In practice, it is usually an electromechanical machine which is guided by computer or electronic programming and is thus able to do tasks on its own. All right. Yeah. So if my car drove itself, it would be a robot. There you go. Another common characteristic is that it, by its appearance or movements, a robot often conveys a sense that it has an intent or agency of its own. So we're going to try and stick with mostly killer robots, right? Yes. This is the Killbot episode of Caustic Soda. Because that's more caustic. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about happy robots that do happy things to happy people. Yeah, that's right. So there will be no short circuit talk. Screw on this you, Wally. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Wally can go to you hell. Were, you were charming and art and beautiful and poignant and you have no place in caustic soda. We kick you to the curb, sir. <laughs> but what's this uncanny valley I've been hearing about? Oh, I visit the Uncanny Valley all the time. You know what I'm learning? <laughs> you do. Uh, uncanny Valley is actually a hypo- hypothesis regarding the field of robotics. Uh, it hold- The theory holds. Oh, I hear, I hear that nerd tone of voice yeah. in Joe's voice. He's getting all nerdy. The theory holds that when robots and other facsimiles of humans look and act almost like actual humans, it causes a response of revulsion among human observers. The valley in question is a dip in a proposed graph of the positivity of human reaction as a function of a robot's lifelikeness. Hmm. So basically, if you're making a robot and it's very non-human, that's you're, a good you're, thing. You're fine with it. You, yeah, you go, like, oh, look, yeah, yeah there's, that, there's that robot arm working the manufacturing line, building the thing, and it's mm-hmm. not a big deal. But as it gets more and more humanoid, you actually get more and more okay with it until you hit Uncanny Valley. And then it just starts to get creepy and weird. And you get you can think of those uh, those odd new Japanese robots where they have the fake skin on them, but yeah. they just look like their eyes look lifeless and the way that they yeah. speak is wrong. That looks much more creepy than the industrial robot does, even though it's more humanoid. So that's the uncanny valley. I get the same feeling when I watch one of those rotoscope computer animated. Oh, like films. it's definitely like the, the same quality. The old Frank Bakshi. Uh, no, 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 no. No. Um, no, the like more Final com- Fantasy. Yeah. Oh, not rotoscope. You mean the, the CGI 3D type? Yeah, but humans. they they film the actors and then they CG right. over top. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like what's her face in the the Beowulf? Beowulf. Okay. That's the you, one I'm You pointed of. to boobs. And yeah, I was you, about to say, you were just pointing at your boobs. You said, I don't what's know. her name? And then his hands went to the boobs, and I went, oh, Angelina Jolie. Like, that was like when you're playing Pictionary, and somebody just draws a circle, and somebody else goes, Florida, and it ends up being right. It's yeah. just you pointed your boobs, and it equals Beowulf. I don't know how that worked. CGI boobs, Angelina Jolie. It's uh, not that it. hard of a yeah. jump. I got it. As you get uh, even more and more lifelike, eventually the uncanny valley goes back up, and you start looking actually like a human being, and the creepiness goes away. In most cases. Oh, so if you're like, like if replicants, you're, if you're 100 percent humanoid looking, right? Like, yeah, like even the if you, even if you knew it was a robot, it's not that creepy. It's not creepy. I like how the absolute <laughs> bottom of the familiarity axis is a zombie. Yeah, a zombie is a very good example of uh, Uncanny Valley. <laughs> <laughs> What's? Can someone tell me the difference between a robot and an android? Because uh, I know Data makes a point of being an android, an calling android. himself an android, not a robot. Now, isn't it, an android is a is a humanoid shaped robot. Oh, okay. So we can talk about some real life robots. Uh, yeah, one of the most frightening real potential killer robots is Eater. Eater stands for an the, energetically autonomous tactical robot. Yeah, that's right. The purpose of Eater 
the EAR project is to develop and demonstrate an autonomous robotic platform able to perform long-range, long-endurance missions without the need for manual or conventional refueling, which would otherwise preclude the ability of the robot to perform such missions. So it obtains its energy by foraging, mm. engaging in biologically inspired organism-like <laughs> energy <laughs> harvesting behavior, which is the equivalent of eating. So they go looking for energon cubes, obviously. Uh, it goes looking for biomass. Mm, uh, biomass. biomass. Hey, wait. Mm. Am I a biomass? Yes, you are a biomass. <laughs> what? Robots coming for me to eat me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it looks for or any organically based energy source. Uh, the example they give is flies, that it can take insects and basically digest them and break them down and turn them into fuel. That Does it this use. exist or is this a this, like, is This, this a was sponsored by DARPA, as we all know, yep. the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Right. DARPA. You've heard of DARPA, haven't you? No. DARP, DARP? <laughs> Definitely in DARPA. Huh. Check uh, it no, out. It was that TV show, DARPA and Greg. <laughs> that would be a good TV show, actually. <laughs> okay, so we can't find if they've actually built the robot or merely designed it. Yeah, I think, you know, you go to those car concept shows and they right. talk about things that they want to do down the road, but none of it is, they, all they got is that one prototype car. Yeah. I think that this, I suspect that this is what this thing is. Right. Oh, yeah. Is then, that it's like, hey. They're not building armies of eaters yet. We no. should create a, I love, I love the fact the acronym for it is eater. <laughs> yeah, it probably took them a while. Well, you know some killer robots that do exist. Who's that? Is the Talon. The Talon. And the oh. Swords. <laughs> And again, from the company Foster Miller. Ooh, that, that's that Australian beer company, right? You call that a robot? That's not a robot. That's a robot. The Foster Miller Talon robot is a small, tracked military robot designed for missions ranging from reconnaissance to combat. Over 3,000 Talon robots have been deployed to combat theaters. Oh, that's my favorite theater. Mm -hmm. uh, they can travel through sand, water, and snow, as well as climb stairs. Uh, they transmit in color, black and white, infrared, and or night vision to its operator, who may be up to 1,000 meters away. It can run off lithium-ion batteries for a maximum of seven days and stand by independently before needing recharge. Uh, it has an 8.5-hour battery life at normal operating speeds. It says here it can also withstand repeated decontamination, allowing it to work for long periods in time in contaminated areas. It was used in Ground Zero after the September 11th attacks working for five days with many decontaminations without electronic failure. Now that's Talon. All right. Swords, same thing, put a gun on top. Ah. <laughs> Special nice. Weapons Observation Reconnaissance Detection System. Swords. Seriously, they probably spend a year just coming up with a name for that thing before <laughs> yeah. they even invent it. How can I get that job? Yeah. I, I want to be the guy who makes up the names. Uh, you can put an M16 rifle, a 5.56 millimeter saw, M249. You know what all these things are, right, Kevin? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The M249. Uh, the 50 cal mm -hmm. M82 Barrett rifle, six barreled 40 millimeter grenade launcher, or quad 66 millimeter M202A1 flash incendiary weapon. Wow. Mm -hmm. Swords units have demonstrated the ability to shoot precisely. It is not autonomous, but instead has to be controlled by a soldier using a small console to remotely direct the device and fire its weapons. Yeah, until they give it a strong enough uh, CPU that it decides that it doesn't need your controller anymore. <laughs> in 2007, three Swords units were deployed in Iraq. Each unit is armed with an M249 machine gun. Marks the first time that robots are carrying guns into battle. However, their weapons have remained unused 
as the Army has never given the go-ahead for using them. Yeah, until they decide they're going to use them on their own. <laughs> exactly. Skynet. These guys don't know when to use a, a rifle at the right time. I'm going to do it myself. Now, what would be even scarier than that would probably be the multiple kill vehicle. It's a U.S. Missile Defense Agency video uh, of the 2nd of December 2008 free flight hover test of Lockheed Martin's multiple kill vehicle. Multiple kill vehicle. I mean, if that's not a killer robot, I don't know what it is. Well, it has kill in the title, but it the acronym is MKV. That yeah. that doesn't uh, that's not that's, that's not nerdy enough. That's Matroska video file. Yeah, no, it. Uh... <laughs> the movie pirates are loving it. It's it's a planned U.S. missile defense program, which is designed to uh, deploy multiple small kinetic energy based warheads that can intercept and destroy ballistic missiles, including possible decoy targets. What's really impressive is this is a hovering robot check it out on top of this it's got a whole bunch of guns that can track and shoot at incoming warheads preliminary indications are that planned test objectives were achieved through this test but on april 6 2009 u.s secretary of defense announced that the pentagon's budget would be reshaped under this proposal the mkv program would be terminated as is the case with many defense initiatives this concept may be resurrected as administrations change but, of course, saying that they're closing it down is exactly what the men in black do when they <laughs> bring it down to their secret underground bunkers, right? After they put the test video on YouTube. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you guys remember RoboCop? I do remember RoboCop. Your move, creep. Remember the ED-209? Yeah, it was a, you have five seconds to comply. Uh, the Samsung SGR-A1 is a robotic sentry set to replace the human guards in the demilitarized zone at the South and North Korea border. Programmed uh-huh. to visually track and open fire on everything in their vicinity which does not respond to initial verbal warning. Oh, no. Proving once and for all that Asians are prejudiced against deaf people. <laughs> it's got a 5.56 millimeter robotic machine gun which will also fire rubber bullets. If oh, good. Yeah. Currently, the robot retails for only $200,000. All right. So uh, they, they should have just called it the Ed 209. That would have been awesome. <laughs> just like when they create like some sort of like laser thing that makes you disintegrate entirely, they should call it a phaser. Okay. Who here actually owns a robot? Uh, oh, you... I'm raising my hand. Oh, you, you, you have, have the Roomba, Roomba or whatever? I have a Roomba. I understand that iRobot, who sells the Roomba. Yeah, the makers, they've got a, a warrior model built. Right. The iRobot warrior. What? Yeah. iRobot. So the whole Scrabble has just changed completely ever since <laughs> the, uh, the the iMac and the iRobot and the email and the... Hey, hey, none of those are legal Scrabble ones oh, okay. yet. Uh, so hold on. Let me get this straight. A little clarification yeah. here, okay. please. Yeah. The people who invented the Our little... happy servants who yeah. clean our floor. Yeah, the circular little tiny robot that right. vacuums and yeah. does it automatedly. Yeah. Uh, have created a robot for military application. Correct. Now, did they invent the military application first and they use that money to fund their room cleaning exploits or vice versa? I don't know. Actually, that's a Here's good what question. I want to know. When you're an engineer at Roomba, right, when you're like the robot engineer and you, you, you revolutionized floor sweeping technology with your, uh, your little sucking robot cleaner, yeah. right? And then you Which there and I go, wish looked more like that little robot on the Death Star. And you're sitting on the boardroom table because, of course, you always have to be innovating. You always got to come up with a new product, right? And you're sitting there thinking to yourselves, and you have a meeting, right? You, you, all the, the you, people on the board and all the engineers and everybody comes in and sits down at the table and says, well, what's next? 
How can we improve on Roomba technology or how can we find a new market for our skill set and our factories, right? And that guy who raises his hand and says, I got an idea. Kill a robot. Uh-huh. Do so you think that he's just been like sitting there all this time thinking to himself, oh, man, I just can't wait to give him a chance to make a kill a robot. <laughs> this is why I got into this This is why I got into this field in the first place. <laughs> this Roomba is just has completely underutilized my skill set. I got kill a robot all up inside of me. But there's a video you can watch on irobot.com that uh, has basically a demo for the robot. It's got some kind of neat uh, two-tier tank treads that can make yeah. it go up to the level of a car window and go upstairs and it fits through doors and uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And now and now it's got a new uh, tentacle arm that they've made for it. They claim that it's for bomb disposal, EODs, IEDs, route clearance, surveillance and reconnaissance. Not exactly a killer despite being called the warrior, but well, except for the fact that it's got a big platform right on top of it that, uh, that you could easily mount could a weapon. Easily mount yeah. one of those napalm cannons we were talking about earlier, the M two O two. So regarding the robotic tentacle manipulator, which is an array of three snake robots on a circular base that form a hand of sorts, the army says the device is scalable, could be deployed in various sizes and configurations, giving it maximum flexibility could be installed on iRobots, warrior military robots, and relay video and sensor data about suspicious objects to soldiers, controlling it from a distance via laptop. Equipped with light detection, 3D imaging capabilities, snake bots could crawl or swim into narrow spaces. Uh, the sensitivity of their manipulators is such they may be able to open doors as well as handle and inspect an IED without setting it off. Labs around the world are working on snake bots for civilian and military purposes. The Israeli army is refining a six-foot-long camouflaged robot serpent with a camera eye. It could be sent to spy on enemies and plant explosives. And then we have the robot climber from SRI International. Compliant electroadhesion gives robotic climbers the ability to scale all sorts of walls made of all sorts of materials. Now, you may ask, what's electroadhesion? Torin, what's electroadhesion? Well, it's an electrically controllable adhesion technology. It involves inducing electrostatic charges on a wall substrate using a power supply connected to compliant pads situated on a moving robot. Just like Spider-Man fingers. SRI, this is a spider robot. SRI has demonstrated ro robust clamping to common building materials, including glass, wood, metal, concrete, with a clamping pressure up to 2.3 PSI. Uh, the technology works on conductive and non-conductive substrates, smooth or rough materials, and through dust and debris. So I think we have all the components here for a truly killer robot. Right. Oh, yeah. They climb. They can swim. Which channel was it on a couple of years back? Still had one of those Robot Wars shows on where they had robots mm -hmm. in a ring wasting, laying waste to each other. And mm -hmm. like a bunch of them had circular saws in them. And, you know, yeah. when these things actually came after you, it could conceivably kill you. Except for the later ones, which were basically just a big moving ramp. I think they should have made it illegal that, that if you flipped it on the side, you, somebody would run in there and just write the robot. You had to keep, you I'm had not to running in that cage. There's two crazy robots in there. Now, you know what it was? I'll tell you exactly what it was. And I, I don't know this for a fact, but I suspect that you had all these nerds in the first couple of years that you had these robot wars. Who's, they would work all year on it, and then it would get destroyed in this tournament. And so then they went, let's just make it legal so that they're out of the competition if you flip them over. So then... It's not completely Oh, so it's just an economics uh, 
No, no, they just fell in love with their robots. And oh, sentimental attachment. Yeah, they didn't want to see them crushed in this the This robot represents all my hopes and dreams and, and my time for the past year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't destroy it. Yeah. And I, so, can't, I can't put it in the competition if you're going to destroy it. So, lesser of two evils. All right, obviously one of them is being killed by a robot. Killed and eaten by Eater. Oh, you killed and eaten for fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. How does how does Eater kill you, though? Doesn't. There's actually been a lot of follow-ups <sighs> where they insist that Eater's a vegetarian. That the biomass it goes for is uh, is vegetable matter. Yeah, they, unless there's it's in the desert, and the only thing there is a, is a uh, um, you know a camel or a person. Right. And then eaters just got to survive. Or what would be? Or the... or being <laughs> murdered and eaten by a cannibal. Oh, homework to one of our earliest episodes: cannibalism. I would got to go with the robot. Why is that? Unless am I gonna give the cannibal a stomachache? <laughs> It's possible. It's possible. You're you're very high in fat. <laughs> Ooh, you totally give them high cholesterol. I don't know. I'm trying to think that the, my calories going towards this bad person. Yeah. Versus my calories going towards, you know, just a robot doing what he does. Yeah, but what is he doing? Could be argued the person's the same though. Just a person doing what he does. Just happens to be murdering other people. Uh huh. How dare you judge? See, here's well, here's the question. How are it's they a killing me? Choice. Like, I don't care who eats me, but yeah, I do care right. how I get killed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, positive theory. So how do these uh, killer robots kill people? Well, you're certainly lending yourself to more of a sadomasochistic thing when you're being killed by a human. Like, right. uh, serial killers don't always, you know, oftentimes there's a psychosexual part of it too, right? Whereas a robot, they're going to have any compunction like that. They're just yeah. going to like, they just want to take you down utilitarian style. On, on the on the plus but, side, but also, pure, simple logic. But by, the same, saying. but by the same token, the robot, he may not necessarily even, uh, he may take you just a piece at a time, right? He's just like, oh, I just need a foot worth of fuel. Yeah. So he'll right. just take you off of the shin, right? So like pins you down with one of his tentacly appendages. That's right. And takes off and your lower. Buzz your, saws off a foot. That's so you're right. being eaten alive. Could, By either a robot or a cannibal. You could be. Sure. Let's yeah. say that. But the cannibal, like, cannibal, you're less likely to be eaten alive. They, they usually, as from our cannibal episode, anybody wants to go back and listen to that one, you're usually killed and then eaten. Very few stories of being eaten alive by a cannibal. That's true, but also very few stories of being eaten alive by a robot. <laughs> That's just because they haven't been given the opportunity yet. Boy. I, I, I'm, I, you know, oh, man, it's a tough one because... Because don't want to be as sick a as a cannibal is, though, he might be like, "Yeah, you're right. I can't let you suffer," and then stop you from suffering. Whereas the mm. robot just doesn't care, right? Like on the plus side, a robot doesn't care, but on the downside, a robot doesn't care. But in the context that we've mostly been discussing, ro- these killer robots are owned by the military. Yeah, right. So the bene- the beneficiary on the one hand is the army yeah. versus <laughs> crazy dude. That's right. So That's which right. one do you want to support with your calories? That is difficult. Hmm. It is tough. I mean, because... I'm going to go with crazy, dude. I'm really? changing. Yeah, because you don't want to get behind the military-industrial complex in any way, <laughs> shape, or form, right? Because yeah. they're just going to use the fuel <laughs> of your body to oppress somebody else. Exactly. Right? What if What if they need my fuel to, like, fight terrorists? <laughs> when have they ever done that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, if they were going to do that, they'd have done that with all you the You know how they're fighting terrorists? Paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Joe? What do you think? <laughs> but it's not like the cannibal's going to fight terrorists either. No. And he true. might just go out and kill and eat somebody else, whereas maybe Here, the robot... Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go with the cannibal green. because there are some people in this world who actually care where I am at any given point in time of day. My mom would probably start looking for me, and we might catch the cannibal. 
You'll never catch a robot? Well, you'll catch a robot, but then they're protected by the government. So you'll never <laughs> prosecute a robot. It's like, oh, yeah. And what do you do? do you, yeah, you prosecute it, and they're like, yes, we'll have to dismantle this robot. And they pull it apart. Okay, it's been dismantled. And, and they then put they it put back, it back together, together again, again and then and just send it to another jurisdiction. Give so it a different serial with, number. If, if, if I get killed and eaten by a cannibal, there's a chance that I may be the last person he ever eats and kills. But not for a robot. But not for a robot. Now, there's, there's consequence-free environment with a robot. You have a point. And I'm trying to think of like the lack of emotion going on with the robot killing me and then eating me, which bothers me. But then you start thinking about what the cannibals are like, and they're the same. Well, in some instances, yes. But in other instances, they get a charge out of it. Like they get sexually charged. Yeah. Right? Ooh, that is a negative. Yeah. That's a, that, <laughs> well, but, but they again. They yeah, that cannibal is going to have a boner when he's eating you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, think ugh. about that. And, and by the same token, they usually <laughs> wait until you're dead to have sex with your corpse. So it's not like you're yeah. going to suffer as a result of it. Right. But they are going to have sex with your corpse pretty likely. Wow. <laughs> pretty good chance. Yeah. But they're, they're at least going to have sex with part of your corpse. Man, pretty likely. I thought I was going to say robot, but I think I agree with you guys, and I have to go with cannibal. Because of the boner? Yeah. <laughs> no. Total destruction will come to those who laughed at me and failed to heed my warning. Dad's working on something special.
In the news, robot arm punches human <laughs> to obey Asimov's rules. To obey Asimov's rules. October 2010. You sure you didn't misread it? You sure you didn't no, hear it say I'm, disobey? I'm whoa, whoa. Isaac Asimov would probably have been horrified at the experiments underway in a robotics lab in Slovenia. There, a powerful... Oh, those Slovenians and their evil robots. There, a powerful robot has been hitting people over and over again in a bid to induce anything from mild to unbearable pain. In apparent defiance of the late sci-fi sage's famed first law of robotics, what? which states that a robot yeah. may not injure a human being. Right. <laughs> but the robo-battering is all in a good cause, insists <laughs> Borat Povzi, who has ethical approval for the work from the University of Ljubljana-Skaba. <laughs> okay. The, any... <laughs> Not that I trust. Did the, you just uh, put I, marbles in your mouth and spit them out? Not that I distrust the ethical mores of the University of whatever that was, but this seems suspect. All right, let's hear your Slovenian accent. He has persuaded six male colleagues to let a powerful industrial robot repeatedly strike them on the arm to assess human robot pain thresholds. All right. Okay. Human to okay. robot. I guess. Yeah. I guess it'd be robot. So how to is human. this being done? For the laws of robotics. It's not because he thinks the first law of robotics is too constraining to be of any practical use, but rather to help future robots adhere to the rule. Oh. So he's trying to determine at what point a robot should decide not to touch a human. Exactly. When does the touch become a bad touch? Basically. We are taking the first steps to defining the limits of the speed and acceleration <laughs> of robots and the ideal size and shapes of the tools they use so they can safely interact with humans. Povze borrowed a small production line robot made by Epson, normally used for assembling systems such as coffee vending machines. They programmed the robot arm to move towards a point in midair already occupied by a volunteer's outstretched forearm so the robot would push the human out of the way. Each volunteer was struck 18 times at different impact energies with the robot arm fitted with one of two tools, one blunt and round and one sharper. <laughs> oh! The volunteers were then asked to judge for each tool type whether the collision was painless or engendered mild, moderate, horrible, or unbearable pain. <laughs> the team will continue their tests using I, an artificial human arm. I approve of any scale that ends with horrible and unbearable. <laughs> Those are the top two scores that you can give. I don't care what it is. I'm down with that kind of testing. Ultimately, the idea is to cap the speed a robot should move at when it senses a nearby human to avoid hurting mm. them. Okay. Such work is crucial if robots are ever to work closely with people. Earlier this year, in a nerve-jangling demonstration, Haddadin put his own arm on the line to show how smart sensors could enable a knife-wielding kitchen robot to stop short of cutting him. I don't know who Haddadin is, but... I don't even know where to begin with this story. <laughs> uh, you want to be punched 18 times by yeah, a robot? how about we just tell robots never to punch a human? Like... <laughs> I don't well, understand gonna, why when, degree, gonna, like, you know, why might, de degree ever comes into it. But what, like, then you have to say you can never touch a human. 
right? Because when does a touch become a punch? And that doesn't help with the robot sex fetishists at all. Yeah. <laughs> this is Actually, primarily what this I research see, is for. Thank the, you, Slovenia. <laughs> some of the ro- robot sex fetishists will probably actually be okay with the robot punching them in the right set of circumstances. Right, as that long as it wasn't too. up to unbearable. Yeah. Only up to horrible. Yeah, only horrible pain. There's gripping and then there's punching. Like, he's having right. them poke them with sharp objects. How about that one? Never poke a human with a sharp object. <laughs> I'm okay with that rule. I can't think of a circumstance under which poking a human with a sharp object would be necessary what if to it's the robot's a, what if it's a medical droid. Yeah. With a needle. Yeah, I think, go uh, I think. So gingerly. I think I'm going to go with human interaction. Here's the situation you got a house what, full of the robots. situations in the room? You got a house full of robots. One of them is the pruner of your house plants. Okay, all right, yeah. It's that robot's job, much like the Roomba who vacuumed. Is to prune all of your little bonsai trees. Yeah, okay, all right. I'm down with that. You've fallen unconscious. Fall, fall, fall. None of the other robots in the house can get to you. The only one next to you He's the pruner is the bot. bonsai pruner bot. <laughs> bonsai bot! You better thank the Slovenians, or Slobs, whatever they call them. I think it got to be Slovenians, right? Sure. Yeah. That they went. That they did this testing. Yeah. No, no, no. Otherwise, you'd be have no arm left. Yeah. It would touch you and not know how. how... No, because it wouldn't be in its job description, <laughs> so it wouldn't. So it wouldn't do anything. Do that. Well, it would. It would I be think, I if think... they hadn't done these tests. It wouldn't no. be in the job description because it wouldn't be safe. But I think... thanks to this research, no. they can add in a poke you to see if you're okay. Subroutine. Emergency <laughs> protocol sixty five B. I think Torin hit the nail on the head. These guys are just trying to figure out. How much abuse their like sex fetishist bot can give them before they holler in pain? All right, here's another article from uh, January 2011. Another groundbreaker. The GRASP, G-R-A-S-P, I don't know what it stands for, lab, uh, GRASP lab, uh-huh. quadrocopters. Have you heard of these things? Uh, I'm guessing there's four of them. I think they have four little rotors. So GRASP, little, stands four rotors. For, GRASP stands for General Robotics Automation Sensing and Perception. Oh, there we go. Again, yet another acronym that's somewhat accurate that's to awesome. describe what the robot does. These know, The multiple kill vehicle is really unimaginative <laughs> in the robotics field, obviously. I guess they're, they're just trying to figure out how to kill things, and coming up with clever acronyms is in their... Definitely not. They didn't pay for that focus group. They went straight <laughs> yeah. to the re- yeah, straight to the, the real kill. research. Yeah. It's like let's put "kill" in the title of it. Perfect. Yeah, so the, but one kill is not good. It's got to be more than one. Multiple, multiple kills. All right, good. All right. So, hey. what is a quadrocopter? Sold. That would be a copter with four helicopter blades on it. All right. little, okay. the, the little robots, autonomous robots yeah. that get programmed to do things. Right. All These right. ones have been a programmed. A flying robot, obviously. Yeah, it flies. So it's very stable because it's got the four rotor blades. Like they're not piled on top of each other. They're mm-hmm. basically on a square. Each one's on a corner of the okay. square. Right. Got little grasping appendages and sensors and things like that. And these ones. So this thing could get me a beer from the fridge. Totally could get you a beer from the fridge. And these ones have been programmed to create My helper shapes. monkey is out. My quadrocopter is in. <laughs> these ones have been programmed to create shapes out of building materials. The building materials are these girders with magnets on the ends. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool about this is that they didn't program them how to build what they're building. They just gave them the general knowledge of how to build and allowed them to fi- – they would say build something that's this shape. And they would take that commanded shape 
and then figure out how to build that out of the pieces that it has and then fly around, pick them up, place them into position. Uh, it does a little move to make sure that the magnets have clicked into place so that the things are hooked up together. It's pretty impressive stuff. These things actually kind of look like those flying Terminator things. They kind of do, they yeah. They kind of look like the uh, the airborne Terminators. Well, now that we're on movies, let's talk about movies. <laughs> we're on movies now? Well, yeah, you talked about uh, well, Terminator. The number one killer robot movie, Terminator. Terminator, absolutely. And Terminator 2. Yeah. Right. What about Terminator 3? Yeah, no. That didn't happen. Oh, yes, it did. Hey, I saw it. Terminator 3 that, is la, not... La, 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 is not on the same level of abomination as Indiana Jones 4. And then Terminator 4. Terminator Salvation. Terrible. The one thing that I was impressed, I was like, wow, this uh, this uh, new guy, this Sam Worthington guy, he can really act because he's so good at being like wooden and robotic and <laughs> unemotive and all the rest of that stuff. I'm like, this guy's brilliant. No. And yet he, he must be a really good physical actor because he's been in nothing but movies with motion cap suits. Here's, here's my philosophy <laughs> on this. Here's my philosophy on this. Because he started doing Avatar before anybody he got in any of these other movies. Because right. Avatar, he, he started doing that like five years before it actually made it in yep. theaters, right? I think all these other directors went, well, if he's good enough for James Cameron, he's good enough for me. And they just hired him sight yeah. unseen. He's, he's the lead in Avatar. Yeah. Hired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's terrible. He, he I don't was, think he's terrible. I think I terrible. I think he was the, good in he he was like you know he was good in Terminator because he was wooden and unemotive and terrible, but in in Avatar passable. But that's because they took five years to shoot. That's it what I would call him. Reshoot actually. it passable, but adequate. He, he was terrible in Clash of the Titans. Yeah, I, I haven't terrible. seen I haven't seen Clash of the Titans. Terrible. But that was a terrible movie. So that's like. I don't know. There, I think it could have been entertaining if I, well, he wasn't so distractingly bad. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen it. I can't judge. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cylons, right? You yeah. Know, that's pretty cool. robots. Well, I mean, it's of course. different kinds and of androids. Robots. Of course, there is yeah. the original Battlestar Galactica series, which I was a big fan of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lauren Green. And the guys in the hockey outfits, also known as Cylons. Yeah. <laughs> I own pretty much all the Battlestar Galactica original toys. I was so- wow. I was on the bandwagon so early, I had the little Cylon flyer that could actually shoot the missiles. Mm. Oh yeah, the I one that they the one that they dis- recalled that later they recalled because like three uh, like four year old kids choked on them because they they would actually they were spring loaded and you would yeah. push right. the button and they would actually fire a missile. Right. Yeah, but they the all the toys were kind of miniature sized. Right, so the little toy was easy to get in your mouth as a kid. Yeah, and I I think they did it just to be cheap. I think they're like, oh, if we make all these miniature, we can sell them for like the same price as yeah. the Star Wars toys, but make way more money, right? And uh, so you're so- saying the Star Wars and the Battlestar Galactica toys were not compatible, not to scale. <laughs> no, they could not operate in the same universe. You could not put Princess Leia inside us inside a Viper. Yeah, it was a shame because I totally would have done that if I was given half the chance. Unless you do some really weird distance changes, like oh, this yeah, viper, this yeah. perspective, this viper is really far away. Yeah, but uh, so I that was how early I was on the bandwagon. I had the one that was banned. Blade Runner, though, is your favorite movie. It is my favorite movie of all yeah. time. Of all time, well, it's that Fight Club, American Beauty. It changes, but that one's consistently up there. Yeah, and it has androids in it. Yeah, it does replicants. I think I may have mentioned this on a previous episode. You I did. cannot remember. Yeah, you where did. My classics professor. Yeah, you did. Presumed that Roy Batty was. It's all on tape. Yeah. Well, for somebody who hasn't listened to that <laughs> other episode, it's available it. online at caustic.podcast.com. Which episode was that iTunes. one? That was Envy. Then we've got Alien. Yes. With, the, uh, with uh, Ash, played by Ian Holm. Ian Holm. And mm-hmm. then your favorite actor in the second movie, Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen. Yeah. 
plays a, another android. Yeah. Oh, he's not a killer. He's a saver. Yeah, it's true. Bishop. Yes, Ash in the original Alien is ordered by the employing corporation, the spaceship, known only as the company, to bring the alien creature to Earth at all costs, including the crew. Bad robot. Yeah. Yes. That's why we need those three laws of robotics. Mm-hmm. Yes, you listen to what people say, but not if it's going to hurt somebody. After he tries to kill one of the crew members, someone literally smacks his head off with a fire extinguisher and then incinerates what's left of him. I like the fact that he was trying to kill that crew member by jamming a uh, ma- rolled-up magazine down, yeah, their throat. down their throat. Yeah. That was the most imaginative method I've ever seen of somebody trying to kill, Great kill scene, somebody though. on camera. Great scene. Oh, the, the, yeah. the scene is unbelievable, right? I remember thinking like that was like there's got to be a better way to do this like you could have just <laughs> strangled them with your like bare robot super strong hands like why choose the magazine jam down their throat I just <laughs> found it really curious it was the issue of uh, asphyxiation monthly <laughs> So probably my favorite killer robot, although I don't think he actually killed anybody, but he sure looked like he'd be good at it, is uh, Iron Giant. One of my favorite oh, uh, animated movies of all yeah. time. Yeah, it, it is one of the greatest animated films of all time. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you've probably heard from lots of people how great it is. Go watch Iron Giant. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. We talked about Black Hole in the Black Hole episode, but of course we have to mention the right. uh, Maximilian. The, the spinning robot blade with hands. Spinning blades. There's your bonsai <laughs> trimming yeah. robot right there. Yep. Yeah. See, you know what? Maximilian obviously wasn't told not to touch a human. He should have been. That's right. If when only, he got spinning blade hands. If only they had investigated how much a human could take so they could uh, program guessing, it into him. I'm guessing. But in that universe, there were no Slovakians doing Slovenians. Slovenians. There were no Slovenians doing the. Oh, my God. Some Slovenian and some Slovakian is going to be very mad at me. Oh, I've got lots of Slovakian friends. You're so dead. I think I can go way out on a limb here and say any robot with spinning blade hands <laughs> should just be have the total all-encompassing universal not allowed to touch a human. Uh, so you know, we watched a couple weeks we ago. Yeah, Westworld. With Yul Brynner as the gunslinger. The Great gunslinger. movie. It, you know what? I remembered not liking it when I saw it as a kid, but I actually enjoyed us rewatching it. Yeah. It was the first time I'd seen it. A chilling tale of yeah. robotics gone wrong. Yeah. It's kind of a ridiculous tale, but yeah. And Westworld was written by Michael Crichton. Written and directed. And then his uh, theme huh. park gone mad kind of theme went on to Jurassic Park, I guess. Yeah. And then, of course, that was lampooned in the episode Itchy and Scratchy Land on The Simpsons. There you go. Where all the yeah. itchy and scratchy robots went crazy. and Yeah, that's right. They're all sparking and then, uh, yeah. Die, bad robots, die! <laughs> I do remember liking Westworld and uh, having other people tell me that they didn't like it and wondering... You know, what didn't what did I see that they didn't see? It was pretty hokey. It was pretty ridiculous. I mean anytime you have like a full body burn, that's a good time. The part that the part that I found most ridiculous was I can't remember what they had done. They'd done something criminal, they and then they ran out of town. It was all yeah. part it was all part of their story their, in the their Western fantasy experience. land. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So they were in kind of like the canyon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a snake comes up to them. And it's a robot snake. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one guy's, how do you know it's a robot snake? And the guy, of course it's a robot snake. So my question <laughs> then is, did they get all the real snakes in this canyon and kill them? They, maybe they had their robot snakes go out and kill them all. Yeah, that yeah. could be. Yeah. <laughs> the robot snakes hunting the real snakes, probably seducing them. <laughs> yeah. And probably. That's, they just they didn't have to kill them. They just kept breeding with them, but no babies. <laughs> and eventually ah, the snakes died go. of old age. Yeah. Right. I, robot. I worked on iRobot. Yeah. Did you? Did you? How was that? Uh, I worked Regale on... us with a story. 
to wash the bad taste of our mouths after having seen that movie. I worked on second unit, so I had stunt doubles and uh, uh, body motion doubles to stand in, guys in green suits to stand in for the robots. <laughs> okay. And just did giant green screens and set pieces. So I don't have any Will Smith stories or anything like that. He never came over to us. So I have a question mm-hmm. about iRobot that okay. maybe you can answer. Uh-huh. Why would you design a robot that when it goes evil, it turns red? The little uh, red heart thing in the middle? Yeah. That's their sentience going going nuts. That shows that they've gone evil. That's like they're blushing, their blush response. Okay. No, it's it's like uh, that dye they put in public pools so that they can see you peeing. <laughs> it's the same thing. That'd be better if it reacted with your clothing. So it's like when you steal money and they put that little dye bomb in with it. So yeah, exactly. So it Same thing. That's the guy who peed in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> or robbed the bank. I'm not sure which. I actually thought the uh, the, the scene in iRobot that I really liked was the um, the scene where he's driving along and he's kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And that giant like robot mover comes up like alongside of him, and then it turns sideways right in front of him, and all the robots start flying out and, and landing on his car and trying to kill him. Oh yeah, I actually like that scene. I didn't totally hate that movie, but it was pretty bad. But as bad as it was, it's not my most hated killer robot killer movie. Robot movie. Here, here was my uh, exact reaction to iRobot after I watched it. Meh. Yeah, exactly. It was it was bad, but it wasn't like getting angry about it bad. <laughs> What movie did you get angry so, about? So the movie that I got angry about, and let me tell you, I think it had the, the the world record or my record for knowing it was a terrible movie least amount of time. Land speed record. It was Hardware, <laughs> which you like apparently. I'd, so I like that movie. My friends were all excited. They'd been convinced by the commercials it was going to be like the next Terminator and it's going to be awesome and killer robots. So let's go see it. And I was like, okay, sure, fine, let's go. So we're sitting in the theater and the very first scene opens up. And it's like a sand-swept dune, and it's a close-up on the sand. The shot looks cheap, and it pans down, and there's a robotic hand in the sand, except that it's obviously somebody's hand in a glove made to look robotic. Uh And I turn to my friend on my left, and I can't remember if it was Chris Woods or Jeff Casper, but I turned to them and went, if that hand twitches, we should get up and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and the hand twitches. And it's the <laughs> fakest looking hand acting twitch. It's obviously a person's hand in a glove trying to twitch robotically and not at all looking like it. And I just went, oh, this movie is going to be so bad. And See, I was so very, very right. I was given the VHS tape by my internet <laughs> friend, Craig Mullins of unfilmable.com. Uh-huh. mailed it to me because uh-huh. I like to watch as many post-apocalyptic films as I could. Yeah. Can, and I couldn't find like a torrent or anything like that. As long as you can get your hands on it. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't watch it all the way through. And every like two months or so, he's like, did you finish watching Hardware yet? <laughs> no. I got to the point in the movie where the- Well, obviously the... he liked it too, obviously. <laughs> kept yeah, you're not alone, Kevin. You're not alone. <laughs> But I got to the point in the movie where the creepy voyeur, <laughs> fat slob guy from across he the way. He was a charming character. Oh, my God. He comes across, and he starts to sexually assault her, and then he gets killed by the robot. Yeah. And then she's trapped inside of there, and they're just like, oh, my God. Couldn't couldn't watch the end. Yeah. It's brutally bad. If you want to watch a terrible movie, watch Hardware. And, well, like and while said, you're watching it, think about Kevin loving it. Well, we can't finish the movie section without talking about The Matrix. Of course. Because there's lots of killer robots in that. Lots yeah. of killer robots. Squid-shaped ones, no less. Yeah. yeah. Designed by Jeff Darrow. Oh, I didn't know that. Of Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot. Yeah. And uh, oh, okay. also with killer robots in it. All right. 
technically the only robots in that movie are the um the they squiddies that the, the, they kill with the EMP pulses the squiddies because the the ones that they meet inside mm. the matrix are actually just you know programmed but there's quite a few good shorts on the animatrix DVD about the whole mm-hmm. robot wars and all that that all happens as long as we're talking about sentinels and killer robots mm-hmm. gotta talk about the X-Men it's true one of the uh, longest serving villains in X-Men history the mutant hunting sentinel robots giant uh, robots yeah not always giant because uh, there's the sentinel from the future, Nimrod. Nimrod. Oh, yeah. He poorly named. In mythology, Nimrod is the greatest hunter right. of all time. Yes. He's the greatest hunter of, of anything in human history. How does it go from that to meaning like a total like a buffoon. buffoon? Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't understand how you go from one to the other, right? Like, that's the part that's always confused me. They named him after the classically named not, not Nimrod. Not the buffoon version. Not the buffoon version. <laughs> from yeah. the 40s. Yeah, because <laughs> Nimrod is the deadliest of all the Sentinels. And then uh, in the same universe is Ultron. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Avengers the, nemesis. The yeah. invulnerable Ultron. And yeah, the, the robot made of adamantium, the same thing that uh, Wolverine's claws and bones are lined with. Uh, of course, you flash over the DC universe. You got Brainiac. Brainiac, yep. yeah. Absolutely. You got the entire... There's... Much more deadly in, I would say, the cartoon Justice League series and stuff like that than in, oh, like, the know. Super Friends and... That, oh, oh like, y- yes. He was more like a, you know, like a... Smart dude who built things. Yeah, from in the from the animated pajamas. Yeah, from the animated series perspective, yes. But there have been like many incarnations of Brainiac in the comic book. Any other killer robots in the comic book world? Yeah, Amazo is another robot yeah. that. Oh, he's got take, all the powers. Yeah, can take yeah. the powers of any superhuman that he sees. Right. Yeah, Decepticons. Oh, of course. But do they actually have? Do they murder anybody? I mean, in, well, not in the, in the cartoon series. No, I guess they, they, in the Lots Transformer movies they kill a bunch of people. Well, even in those movies, in the second one, Optimus Prime is a cold-blooded killer. At the very beginning, Optimus and some of the Autobots and the army track down two Decepticons whose only crime that we can tell is that they are Decepticons hiding out. Yeah. And they chase them and hunt them down. They almost never fire back. All they're trying to do is run away. Yeah. He's got mm. the guy lying on the ground there, uh, pretty much not even not begging for mercy. He says something about how the... I don't know, the big bad guy will arise or something. I can't yeah. remember what it is. He kills him with that sword. And what is, what is Optimus Prime, the hero of heroes, the most honorable Autobot, say? Any last words? And then he shoots him in the head. <laughs> Yay, oh, Optimus. what a hero. Yeah. You know what? Transformers 2 was as bad an as the first one was good. And because no, the first one was still a bad movie, but it was fun. Yes. Yeah, I know I enjoyed it. The second one was a bad the, movie. The first one was a, a good popcorn film. Right. It's a great, like, little escapist. And I actually thought to myself, oh, God, maybe I don't hate Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And then after Transformers 2 came out and, and Indiana Jones 4, 4, I do realize that I do, <laughs> in fact, hate Shia LaBeouf. Futurama. Kill all humans. My favorite episode is probably Hello's Other Robot. The one, or maybe that's Fear of a Bot Planet. There's the one where they go to the robot planet. Okay. Which is great. Yeah. And then there's the one that introduces Robot Satan. Oh yes, and which also, is your favorite? It's a big musical. I love them both. They're both great. <laughs> it's like it's Sophie's choice, Torn's choice here. How can you <laughs> choose between them? But more to the killer robots would be the uh, the robot planet one, uh-huh. right? There's also the uh, the killer Santa Claus robot. Yes, there's ho ho ho. Uh, Star Trek, we got Nomad. Nomad. Mm-hmm. I am Nomad. I am perfect. And Viger, I guess you could say. Yeah, from the first Later. movie. Yeah, and then of course Lore, who's yes. Data's brother. Didn't they say he ended up killing the people when they found him, that he killed all the other people that had been there? Like, he had drawn... There's a crystalline entity that 
right. destroys all organic life that That's he had right. kind of summoned or whatever. Yeah. Kill a robot. And we were talking about Jeff Terrell. We got to talk about Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, the cartoon series that mm-hmm. not many people know about. No, I, mm-hmm. I've i heard of it. I actually haven't watched almost any of it. It's pretty good. Big Guy is a, actually a man in a big robot suit. Yeah. Like a mecha kind of a thing. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But everyone thinks he's a robot. Okay. And then they make Rusty the Boy Robot as like the second generation. He actually is a robot. Right. He's very naive and inexperienced. So they kind of work together like kind of mentor and mentee. mentee. <laughs> There was a TV series modeled after the comic book in the 90s, the late 90s. And the bad guy group was Ex Machina, and they're a bunch of cyborgs. And it was pretty good. You guys can come over and watch my VHS tapes. How quaint. Internet poll for Caustic Soda? Yeah, we've got one online. What does it mean? Well, what we're doing is we're trying to ask you what you thought of our first season, the 2010 season one of Caustic Soda. Uh, we w- would like you to tell us what your favorite episode was, what you think the grossest overall episode was, your favorite intermission song, and even your favorite segment. What are some of the segments? Public service announcement, science Let- and history. Lesser of two evils. In the news, pop culture. Uh, we know you guys cruise the website anyway to check out all the notes and the show notes and the photos and the references and the videos and... So just uh, pop in and give us an answer on the poll. Like, let us know what you thought. Yep. If you go to causticsodapodcast.com, right up top, you will see a link to Season 1 Poll. Just go there and fill it out for us, and that would be great. And we're going to use all your answers in our Season 1 wrap-up episode, which is due around the end of March. Oh, that'll be exciting. So we're going to keep that poll open until uh, early March. So get there soon. And get there often. Well, just, please just enter in once. Tell your friends. And your enemies. Just everybody. Strangers on the street. Hey, hey, you there. Have you heard about this caustic soda poll? Special lady friends. Exes. Email all your exes you've been wanting to get in contact with. (laughs) And just use it as an icebreaker. Use it as your foot in the door. Hey, haven't seen you in a while. By the way, this is a really gross podcast. Yeah, it's it's an alternate alternative to stalking. An alternate alternative. Yeah. That makes it stalking. (laughs) It's like a double negative. (laughs) 